0: The series is called, This Is Us. And I want to jump on that, on that uniqueness of humanity. Uh, just look around the room. Everybody is different. Look around the room. Isn't it crazy? Look at s- someone. Look, Just look at the people around you. Now look at someone better looking than you. Now look at someone who's not as gifted in looks. Look at them. Yeah. And then look at someone who's um, smarter than you. Can you That was easy, yeah. Don't look at the person dumber than you. Just let that one go. But we're all different. We all have different capabilities. Isn't it crazy? Great. The creative handiwork of God. And yet, think about it for a moment. We have systems within us that are all very, very similar. Skeletal system, circulatory system, digestive, nervous system. There's, uh, there's a lot that happens in our bodies, it's very, very similar. So you'd think we would all look alike, but we're not. Each person is, is unique in God's design and is uniquely gifted and crafted. You're a piece of art. And when you think about it, in God's handiwork, you're a piece of art. We are his artistry, is really what the uh, ancient Greek would say in Ephesians. And we're created on two good works. In, in other words, to do amazingly creative things. And so even though we have same systems inside of us, we are different people altogether. together. Now, um, I, I want to read for you from Romans chapter 12, where it talks about that and how it relates to the church. And the series is called This Is Us, because it relates to us, how I'm really created. But then when we gather together, how all of us together create its own spiritual DNA that's unique as well. Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Stop there. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in another translation, I beg of you or I beseech you. In other words, it's a lot stronger than urge. In the NIV, which is the translation that we're using today, that may not be stronger. It is like I'm, I'm cranking down on this one. He's saying, I really want you, I'm begging of you. You give your body as a living sacrifice. That's holy. That is right. And that becomes your act of worship. Verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Stop there. Do not conform. Don't get past that. Don't allow the world system and all of culture, don't let it control your life. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God does a work saving you. Now he's going he's to rinse out, detox your mind, transform your mind energize it put it on a new flight and when he does it's transformative through the renewing of your mind then you're able to test and prove what God's will is his good pleasing perfect will get that his good pleasing perfect it's going to affect when you give him your body he'll tap into your mind that will tap your will and your emotions eventually you understand that's the whole of who you are it's your body it's your soul it's your spirit first Thessalonians 5 23 God set you apart sanctify you wholly through and through, body, soul, and spirit. So when, when you allow Christ into your life, not just to save you for heaven, but to change your thinking, you'll begin to think the, the godly thoughts that will be transformative. It will change your energy. It will change your emotions, the way you view life in general. Then you're going to know God's perfect will, his good, pleasing, his perfect will. It will affect your, your attitude in life. Now, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, so don't be high-minded, okay? Rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that's distributed to each of you. Verse 4. For as each one has one body with many members, these members do not have all the same function. We kind of get that. Your body, you have a nose, and a couple of ears, a couple of eyes, a set of lips. They do different things, Right? and and so that you don't want all of one of the same thing you have a variety for different functions so it is in christ now he goes to the plural in christ we the many form one body so this body of believers is all one body each member belongs to the others we're all part of a larger body not separate bodies we have differing gifts according to the grace given to each of us if your gift is prophesying then prophesy in accordance with your faith if it's serving then serve if it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give it generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. He said, whatever your gift is, whatever, however God has wired you, make sure you do that. And you do all the things that are Christian character, but on some of these things, you're going to be really good at that, and that's where you need to excel because we need that part of the body to really work. You, you understand your DNA, you have a bit of, of everything in your body But the parts of the body that are close to the nose tend to do the smelling more, okay? And some of you are going, no, that's what my feet do. My feet smell and my nose runs. Some of you won't ever get that. Anyway, that was free. That's not on the test. But here's the deal. I'm going to give you three real simple principles here. As a believer in Jesus, what, what God wants, he wants all of me. He doesn't want just my heart to go to heaven. He wants my body. And if he gets my body, he wants my mind. And then with that mind, he's going to get my will and my emotions. And I will feel better about headed to heaven, heading to heaven when he has the total package. Because I'm not conflicted. He wants all of me. That means I, I understand that, he, that I am God's property. 1 Corinthians, I have been bought with a price. I'm no longer my own. I am Christ's. And since I belong to him, I just turn myself in. Give him the keys. I'm created for his purposes. That affects my thinking, my choices. That will eventually affect my emotions. I'll feel good about this may not happen initially, but it will come along. So settle the issue. Hand over the keys of your life to the CEO. That's God the Father in heaven, the creator of heaven and earth. And it's here's dear son, and by the power of his Holy Spirit, just ask yourself, have I given myself really? And you may be saying, I've trusted Christ. That's good. Have you given him your body? Have you asked him to transform my mind, change my heart? Because I, emotively, I, I don't feel like I'd like to feel. I, I want to be more joyful. I want to trust you and really engage in trust. That's an issue of his ownership of that. Okay. The second principle is this one. As a believer, I'm a part of, of Jesus. I'm a part of something even greater. When God creates you, you're, you're an original piece of art, but you're part of something of a bigger landscape, of a bigger picture. And, and what sin does is it destroys and degrades it. So when we, when we trust Christ, he saves us for heaven, but when we follow him, he can do amazing things in us and through us. And, and here's how the body works. It's the human body, how it works, and how the church body, the assembled believers in Jesus, this is, it's, it's the same principle uh, from that midsection in Romans. It, it, three terms. It's with unity, with diversity, and with interdependence. With unity, there's one body, not many bodies, but one body, and if you keep the body together, it stays healthier. If you cut your arm off, that's that's not healthy that's not going to help you and your body will have to compensate the rest of its life so it's not many parts to the body that are disjointed it's one body even though they have differing um differing operations even though they do different things the body has to stay together that's why divisiveness is so deadly because it cuts the body up first corinthians chapter 12 puts it this way the body is one unit though it's made up of many parts does the same picture that romans 12 does as well so it's unity and the second term is diversity so you don't all have the same parts, even though you're part of the same body. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Many members, different functions, all one unit, but you have different operations within it. 1 Corinthians 12 does the same thing. One body, one, but not made up of one part, but many parts. And, and God doesn't do that just for the sake of being unique or different. He wants that because he wants different functions. He wants us to rely on each other as we all rely on the Lord. So you have unity diversity, but there's this third word that's called interdependence. Interdependence is best illustrated by by this. I have a set of lungs, and they operate, but they don't operate very well if this pipe going down is clogged, or decides not to work, or shuts down, or closes down. That's bad if 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 this wind chamber, this pipe, isn't clear. Or if my mouth gets clogged with something or swells shut or someone sews it shut or something happens, it doesn't matter how good my lungs are if my mouth or nose don't operate. So I, I am interdependently, I'm depending on all of the pieces working. Does that make sense? Are you tracking? Okay, because here's what will happen. If it isn't all tracking, that's sick and paralyzed. It's not a good place to be. Your body works best when it operates together. And if any one part of the body begins to not work, that's called illness or sickness or disease. And so in the spiritual body, with Christ being the head and the leader and the director, there's this giftedness thing that's happening. You have a part within the body, but we depend on the other parts to work to make it function well. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 15 to 20. The foot can't say, I would rather be a hand. No, he can't do that. He says, I, I don't cease being part of the body, nor does the foot stop being part of the body, nor, nor is it the hand. The hand does what the hand does, the foot does what it's supposed to do. So when it doesn't happen that way, that's called sickness. When one part of the body is sick, and you've had this happen, you stub your toe, your whole body hurts. Not just your toe, but your, you know, your, that's all you're thinking about. If you have a headache, that can run in a fever through your body, right? I mean, it affects the whole body. It's called sickness, If that were to prevail, or if a part of the body starts to shut down in a disease, that's called paralyzation. If your organs start to harden up or not work anymore, that's paralyzation. So you have sickness and and paralysis, and a lack of activity is actually crippling. And by the way, if if this arm gets somehow choked off from the bloodstream, and it gets starved out, you know this, you lose the circulation, you you lose the use of it, it becomes paralyzed, Right? and if it's paralyzed, then other parts of the body have to compensate for this part not carrying its own weight. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, so you can compensate for a while, but it gets old, and it wears out the other parts of the body. Now, how many of you had a broken arm or broken leg before? You ever had this? Yeah, it affects like even how you button a shirt, right? How you pull up pants and how you Tighten your belt, or whatever it is, however you get dressed. You ever tried to put a necklace on? You don't even think about it. It takes two arms to put a necklace on. Or whatever it is that you do. You have to tie a tie, anything. And then driving's another whole thing. You got the foot thing going on, and you want to drive? Oh, I can drive! No, you can't. You need to be in the back seat. We'll drive you. Because, yeah, But I got this club foot. It'll work just fine. Yeah, you think it will. It just, you don't have the dexterity. And so the rest of your body has to compensate for the part that's broken. That will work in the short term, but eventually when you use parts of the body that aren't intended for that use, eventually they wear out, and that leads to an early, a shortened shortened life or early death, and certainly a lot of frustration. So that's what happens when the body doesn't work all together, when it's not interdependent and cooperating with itself. So you're saying to yourself, "I, I want to fit in the body, but I don't know where. Well, there's a class that we'll have in February. It's called Engage. You should go to that class and just take a quick quiz, it'll show you where you fit and what you can try out, and then you can try it, and it's going, oh yeah, I could, I could do that for a bit, and then give it a try for a little bit. But let me give you the short form of this, it's called shape, S-H-A-P-E. So my fit is determined by my shape, and it's my spiritual gift, it's my heart or my passions, my abilities, because some of these are just abilities. They're, they might be good with math or English, or you might be good with mechanical things, whatever. So it's spiritual gifts, It's heart, what you're passionate about, what you really care about, what your abilities are, what your personality is, because personality makes a big difference in in where you work in the body of Christ, and then experiences. Some of you say, well, I've got a ton of bad experiences. Yeah, and you know what? That's a value to the body of Christ. You can help others to stay off of the roads that you went down. Your bad experience then becomes a lesson for us, because I don't have time to make all the mistakes for everybody, right? Everybody takes some, and you share your experiences, even the bad ones, because that becomes part of your shape, how God, how, how, the Lord shapes you. So the goal, then, is not to be uh, like everybody else, but my goal is to be mature in Christ with healthy systems, and if I have healthy systems, this thing will grow and be a healthy body. And the goal, then, is for me to be me, but not just to be, to be me, but to be what God has designed me to be. And then as a collection together, then... We're a unique spiritual DNA to be what God has designed us to be. And then, in light of that, we've, we see some real benefits of the goal is, is to be who God designed us to, or wired us to be because we follow our shape, we follow the Lord, and then there are some real benefits to that. Now, before I get to those benefits, though, what will happen is, it, you've seen this before, where a kid grows up and the parent says, well, I wish he would be more like, and then fill in the blank, right? Does that work? No. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't make that kid become more like whatever. And spiritually, that same thing happens in churches. I wish you'd be more like, in, but you pick another body of Christ, another church or another assembly. But that's not what our DNA is. It's who we are, and we're unique to what anybody else is. And I tell you that to say this. If you you wrap your head around that, you will learn to appreciate what other churches bring to God's glory, and you'll value what we do for God's glory. Because what we do is different than what anybody else offers. And that's a good thing, because we are uniquely his. In fact, I, I would dare say this. There's you know, there's a few hundred people in the earlier service. There, I don't know when the NFL games are today, but there were a lot of football fans this morning in first service to go home and barbecue. And I'm a little hurt because I didn't get invited to any of those places. But anyway, we've had, you know, we've had hundreds of people today, and it's, it's been a good day. But the chances of us all, all of us all showing up again on the same day is extremely low, almost never, because someone will be at work, someone will be sick, Someone will be traveling, but then others will show up. In fact, there have been people who've walked in and said, I come here faithfully every, every first of the month, and so-and-so's in my chair. Well, that's because he comes normally weeks two and four, and he, he got off somehow, and you don't realize it, but the, the chances of us meeting even when we assemble again is extremely low, that everyone is exactly the same. The DNA even shifts a bit. I understand this. That's the way God designed us so we get happy about that. And that what that does is it lowers the competition. Why can't you be more like, and leads us to celebrate. But none of that will really happen. Get this. No, none of that will really happen until you, Romans chapter 12, verse one. I urge you, I beg of you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, give your body to Christ. And when you give him the rights to the decision-making in your body. He will transform your mind, and then he will help you understand what his good and pleasing and perfect will is. He'll change your, your, your body, your mind, and your emotions, but it comes when you give him your whole life because that's what he wants, and then you will be uniquely his. It's a beautiful thing. Let's bow together for prayer. Would you stand with me as we pray? I'm not, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. I'm not going to ask for anybody to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to fill out a card, anything. What I want you to do is I want you to talk to God now. And it may be, it may be totally off your radar for you to say, oh, I, I never, ever in my life, have said, God, here is my body. And you may be a believer in Jesus and you know you're headed to heaven. That's wonderful. But right now you'd say, you know what? That's why I'm not joyful. That's why I lack in uh, personal discipline because I make impulsive decisions because the Lord doesn't own my emotions. He doesn't own my emotions because I never give him choice in the will because I keep making the decisions. And I keep making the decisions because I keep treating my body as my own, and it's not. You and I have been bought with a price. Therefore, we want to glorify the Lord God who bought us. And maybe right where you're standing, you're, you're saying right now, dear God in heaven, I give you my body. Others have said, I've given my body, but he, there are corners of my mind that I reserve for my own use. And you have to give that up. And others would say, you know what, There's this, there, is, uh, there are emotions out there that I cling on to. and They become idols, quite frankly. And it might be um, a, an emotion that's totally unhealthy and you think it's not hurting anybody. And that's the lie of the pit, to get you to keep that emotion. And what happens is it gets you in trouble and you know it. And it doesn't bring joy. And so now you say, God, I lay that down. Even the corners of the emotions, all that I understand about myself, I give totally to you. Because, Lord, we want to be totally yours. And we want to do that so this is a church that is without spot or wrinkle and brings you glory in every corner, in every way. Uniquely putting our thumbprint down in this generation for your honor. We pray this. In the glorious name of Christ our Savior and through the power of your spirit, amen.